Immigration is so much in the news. What does this mean for fundraising? Can we raise money from our immigrant neighbors? And if so, how? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my talented colleague, Dr. Una Osley. Una is one of the top 50 leaders in the philanthropic sector, and she leads our research efforts nationally and across the world. And Una, you've brought all that expertise together on this idea that there's a myth out there that we cannot fundraise from immigrants, but that's wrong. Tell us why. Thank you, Bill. And I should say that this is an issue I've been working on for many, many years. Uh, starting as a faculty member, I noticed that a lot of uh, communities, a lot of nonprofits, a lot of philanthropic institutions saw immigrants as recipients of mm -hmm. charitable gifts, but not necessarily as donors, as givers. So we took this question to the data and we looked at whether immigrants were more likely to give or less likely to give compared to their native-born counterparts, other Americans who were born here. And what we found is that immigrants were just as likely to give when you accounted for income, wealth, education, um, and especially as immigrants gained U.S. experience. They stayed in the U.S. longer, they became embedded in institutions, and they gave more. Um, to put this in perspective, we currently have uh, worldwide about 10% of the world's population is living in a country outside of where they were born. Mm. The U.S. has a very high fraction, an all-time high, I think about 14% of our population was born outside of the U.S. When we look at children of immigrants, one out of every four children in America today is the child of an immigrant. So we have an unprecedented opportunity to really engage with newcomer communities, understanding that immigrants are just as likely to give when you account for their time in the U.S., their education, their wealth, and their income levels. But even more interesting, children of immigrants may even have higher rates of giving and actually tend to have higher incomes, wealth, and education. And what we see is with this, uh, not just the immigrants themselves, but their children can also be part of our philanthropic efforts. Um, I want to just mention, since our audience out here, uh, many of them are interested in how do you fundraise, is the key point from the research is don't count out the immigrants mm -hmm, in your mm -hmm. community. Really think about how to engage those immigrants and also think about if you don't currently have outreach efforts to reach those newcomer communities, that there is intentionality around that. So Una's uh, first big takeaway point for us is don't see our neighbors who are immigrants as receivers. They are donors and we need to see them in that way. Una, one of the other things that I hear when I teach for the fundraising school, so for example, when we're in South Florida, when we're in Miami, people say there are so many folks who have immigrated here from Venezuela, from other Central American locations, from Chile and, and so forth. And so in my mind, these fundraisers tell me, I think they're just sending their dollars back to their home nations. Is that a view fundraisers should have? Is it an either or, a both and? How should fundraisers think about, again, these immigrants and whether or not they're sending their dollars back to their home nations? Great point, and I'm glad you raised Miami, Florida. I gave those overall stats, but in some of our communities here in the U.S., immigration is even higher. Mm -hmm. Miami is one of those communities where immigrants are about 50% of the population, um, in or at least 50% of the population was born outside of uh, the United States. So really a very diverse population. In terms of remittances, what we know is that remittances, money that immigrants send back to their mm -hmm. home countries, is a very sizable number. 
worldwide, it's about over $500 billion is remitted. Um, that is not just uh, immigrants sending money to their families, that could also be investments in the home community and could be philanthropic capital that immigrants are sending. So money they're sending to contribute to projects in their home countries. So what we do find from our own data is that immigrants are more likely to give informally. So they're giving to charitable causes and institutions, but they're also helping friends, neighbors here in the US as well as abroad. When you add those two together, what we're seeing is that it's more of a both rather than one mm -hmm. in place of the other, that many households, many immigrant families are supporting their friends, their neighbors, people in their networks here in the US and abroad, as well as supporting their congregations and other charitable causes. So what we see is if you add the totality of both the informal contributions and the more formal contributions, immigrants may actually be more, uh, expending more philanthropic capital in some ways than their native-born counterparts, simply because of all those networks. So the bigger message to the fundraising community is to understand that immigrants are linked to these broad networks, both within the U.S. and outside the U.S., but in general, that doesn't necessarily displace their giving to charitable causes. It's more about the relationships they may have with those institutions. And when those relationships are in place, we see the giving take place as well. So immigrants uh, need to be seen as donors. They can be and are donors. And even with a large amount of remittances back to their home nations, they also can be donors to philanthropic causes as they reside here in the United States, something that becomes even more true in future generations with their children and on down the line. Una, I know this is something you've talked about throughout your career. You've often written a chapter in our primary textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, about reaching across lines of difference. Uh, you know, the, the, the fundraising uh, profession is predominantly Caucasian, and we're talking about immigrants who predominantly would be non-white. Now we do have European immigrants, uh, you know, in Chicago, the Polish immigrants are some of the highest number, right, yes. that, that come into to the United States. But what, what advice do you have for fundraisers in terms of trying to, I don't like that word difference, cross these lines of distinction to find common ground if that immigrant were interested to make a charitable donation to a philanthropic cause here in the States? Absolutely, and I'm glad you raised that point that immigrants come from all over. Yeah. Although we do have uh, immigrants from Latin America, Latinx populations, we have immigrants from the Caribbean mm -hmm. and Sub-Saharan Africa, Asian immigrants as well as um, European immigrants. So tremendous diversity in our newcomer community. And so I want to emphasize that there's not a one size fits all. Each of these groups may have their distinct preferences, their motivations for giving, and the ways that they want to be engaged. The common thread, however, is that uh, once again, fundraisers need to meet those immigrants where they are. And that might mean partnering with immigrant associations, with networks, Hispanic or Latino chambers of commerce. Um, in some cases, immigrant communities have very strong hometown associations um, where members of a particular community from a particular, maybe it's the Polish uh, mm. association in Chicago, partnering with them to imagine what uh, fundraising experience might look like, an engagement opportunity might look like, a volunteering experience might look like. I have been 
um, quite surprised because through my work I've learned about a lot of opportunities like that where the Children's Hospital in Chicago, for example, has partnered with an African immigrant group to raise funds for a new initiative that is really targeted around children in Chicago. So it's really building those relationships with that community and may involve working with an association, a membership group, uh, an alumni group sometimes to actually provide that opportunity. Sometimes it's uh, really thinking about where those immigrants are, what groups are they joining, what uh, affiliations do they already have, and building or tailoring that unique experience for that immigrant group. And I've seen that happen in the Midwest here, but also on the coast, and especially in Florida, where there are lots of opportunities to engage and build those very specific uh, linkages. Una, our colleague, Dr. Lilia Wagner, has written that book, Diversity and Philanthropy, and she makes that point that people who are immigrants are people who are immigrants. Yes. And all people enjoy you asking about them right. and, and telling about themselves. And, and for, for them, maybe it might be awkward at first, just as it might be awkward for you at first, but that they do feel honored when you're asking them about themselves and their family and their profession and, and you know the, the work that they're doing and about their cultural traditions. Uh, so we should not be hesitant as fundraisers that once we can work through some of those affiliated organizations to just meet people and engage in conversation. Absolutely, and the other big uh, thread uh, that comes through a lot of my discussions with fundraisers in particular about this is that once you engage one person from that community, you usually, it's a lot easier to engage more people. Um, so start, start small if you have to, but really think about how to build bridges and how to build linkages with communities, uh, especially communities that are newcomer communities because there's so much potential. Um, and another big piece to keep in mind is many of those individuals and organizations are not being asked. Uh, mm -hmm. No one is asking them. So you can actually accelerate your own progress because that may not be the donor that everybody is knocking on their door. Um, and so that is, uh, I always highlight this because uh, in some ways many immigrant uh, newcomer communities when you talk to them, they'll say, well, no one has approached right. me about joining a board. No one has ever asked me uh, to contribute to this organization. No one has ever invited me to this type of event. So uh, once you get that one person, it's much easier to bring the whole community in. And typically these are um, really, in some cases, uh, they have not been approached before. So you will be the first, but you'll also open the door for others to follow. And Una, we get that question all the time at the fundraising school. How do I get more new donors into my organization? Well, our neighbors who are immigrants could be part of that solution for you. Dr. Una Osley is the Associate Dean of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where she leads our research efforts. She also leads our Mays Institute on Diversity and Philanthropy. Uh, information about our research and the Mays Institute are available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. There's a research tab, pull that down, you'll see all of that work. And you'll also see a link to the Eight Myths article that ran in the Stanford Social Innovation Review in the fall of 2019. Uh, Una's uh, myth there about immigrant fundraising has inspired our conversation today. Now, back to that website. If you click on Institutes, the pull-down menu takes you to the fundraising school. You'll learn about our 20 public courses in 18 U.S. cities. 
You'll learn about our certificate in fundraising management, our certificate in fundraising leadership, our certificate in nonprofit excellence and leadership, as well as our quarterly webinars and these free podcasts. And don't forget, the fundraising school can come to you wherever you're located in the world, whatever your level of expertise on your fundraising team, we can customize training specifically for you, your nonprofit, your association, your region. Again, that website, philanthropy.iupui.edu. With Dr. Una Osley, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.